Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast, and it's Q&A Tuesday. So we are going to cover a bunch of questions that I received this week, mostly in my DMs on Instagram. And here's a little secret. There are two main things that are going on with baby's sleep if we are seeing challenges with baby's sleep. Two main things. One of them is sleep crutches. So if we are finding that baby is waking up many, many times at night, only having short naps, it's often as a result of having been rocked to sleep or fed to sleep or having to have had a pacifier replaced to go to sleep, bouncing on a yoga ball to get to sleep. You've heard me talk about all of this stuff. Those are what what I would call sleep crutches. And while they can be helpful in getting your baby to sleep, they can also be a bit of a hindrance in your baby learning how to get back to sleep independently every time they're in a light stage of sleep and wake up. So at the Happy Sleep Company, that's what we work on with families is helping to remove those crutches and teaching your little one more independent sleep skills so they can get bigger, longer, more restful chunks of sleep. But the other thing that's usually the key is scheduling. So we've got sleep crutches, we've got scheduling, and often it's just those tricky scheduling issues that can throw off sleep. And today on Q&A Tuesday, that's really what we're focusing on because so many of the questions that I got over the last week are really specifically about scheduling. Many parents are wondering, is there a certain time of the day by which my baby should be awake? Is there a certain amount of time after which I should cap my baby's nap? What is a good range for bedtime? These are all really important questions because they can be very helpful in making sure your baby gets the right amount of sleep, has the right amount of what we call sleep pressure. So scheduling can be really important and really helpful to your baby's overall healthy rest. So let's dive into the questions for today and talk about that because so many of them are about scheduling. First one. Hi, Erin. Is it detrimental for baby developmentally to drop to one nap at 10 months? She's been fighting the second nap recently and sometimes the first. So the last four days we've done one nap. It's worked well. It's two and a half hours long and she still sleeps through the night. It's the same amount of hours of sleep that she was getting before. I just don't know if I should continue this since it's working or I'm making a grave mistake dropping to one nap so early. Appreciate your advice. You always got to do what works best for you and your family and your baby and what you as a parent feel is best. I generally find that children do best with two naps per day until around 16 to 18 months and at least until 12 months. In response to this question, and I told this mama this, I have to tell her that in general, I would not see a child this young continue to have a ton of success with only one nap per day. What I often find when children drop to one nap quite early around 10, 11, 12 months is that it goes fine at first, but what we don't see in the background is that baby is building up sleep debt. They're not getting enough sleep or they're getting the same amount of sleep, but they're having too much awake time to get there. And that's often the key. So for this mom, what I told her is, Can you keep doing this because it is working for your baby? Absolutely. Can you keep doing this and it will continue to work for your baby? 
and they'll never look back to two naps and you'll just be able to stay on this one nap schedule, you certainly could. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know for sure. However, I did have to caution this mama that I would be concerned that what may happen over the next few weeks or the next couple of months is that she starts to see nighttime wake-ups, really early morning wake-ups, shorter naps. These are the things that usually result from a baby being overtired. And I would suggest that a 10-month-old who's already having one nap per day is getting overtired. They're having too much awake time in their day between their sleeps, and that often builds up that debt. The most important thing about what this mom said in her question is baby still sleeps through the night. It's the same amount of hours of sleep that she was getting before. And this is the part that I feel like kind of tricks parents into thinking that going down to one nap really early is fine. If my baby is 10 months old and she normally naps for an hour in the morning and an hour and a half in the afternoon, but I'm going to switch her to one nap and that one nap is two and a half hours long, was the same amount of sleep. What's the difference? The difference is the amount of awake time your child has to handle in order to get to her nap. And then the amount of awake time she has to handle in order to get to bedtime. So with a one nap schedule, if your child wakes up for the day at 6 a.m., she has to make it all the way to noon for that nap. Because we want to balance out the day and have the nap right in the middle of the day if we're doing a one nap schedule. And then she has to get from, you know, 2, 2 2.30 in the afternoon until whatever your bedtime is, again, without sleep, probably too many hours of awake time for her age. And that's where that debt starts to build up and your child starts to build up that overtiredness. So at the end of the day, I can only give this mama an answer that would apply to the average child. The average child does best with two naps per day at 10 months of age. And these are the things on average I would see if a child drops to one nap too early. But if it's working for her child, she could continue to work on this and maybe consider going back to two naps if she does start to see it negatively affect her child's sleep. Maybe her child will be the one that this doesn't occur with, that just continues to thrive on a one-nap schedule from now well until toddler and preschoolerhood. And that could be, not every child is exactly the same. So we have to do what we feel is best as parents, what we see makes most sense for our individual child, combine that with education that we've received on sleep, and do what works for our family. Next question is about a toddler. Hi, my two and a half year old goes to bed at 7 p.m. and right to sleep, naps around 12.30 for an hour and a half, but he's now started waking up early around 5.15, 5.30. What could be going on? I would suggest this child is actually going to bed a little bit too early. And that might shock some of you who constantly hear me on our Instagram account harp about children going to bed too late and being overtired. But there are some ages where it does make sense to do a later bedtime than you've done in the past. And two and a half years old, three years old, that's around that age when we're actually going to start to see a later bedtime as long as your child is still napping. So if a two and a half year old is napping for an hour and a half, that's a great nap. I would actually normally cap the nap at an hour and a half for a two and a half year old to make sure that they're not getting too much daytime sleep. But if a two and a half year old is napping for an hour and a half, seven o'clock is probably too early for bedtime. They are probably either not tired enough to go to sleep easily or 
in the case of this child, waking up early the next day to start their day. Because by 5.15, 5.30, this child has already met his total sleep needs for that 24-hour period. Because he went to bed at 7, he went to sleep right away, he got all the sleep he needed, in addition to his hour and a half nap the day before, and now it's 5.15 a.m. and his sleep needs have been met. So I would suggest that this child go to bed closer to 7.30. For a two and a half year old with an hour and a half nap, 7.30 is generally quite an appropriate bedtime. And then by the time we're three, if we're still napping for an hour, an hour and a half, we may even do an eight o'clock bedtime. This will probably push this child's morning out. He'll go to bed not overtired, but he will be able to push his morning a little later because his sleep needs won't yet have been totally met by five o'clock in the morning and he'll probably sleep closer to six. Keep in mind that when your child is yet a little older, maybe three and a half, four years old, and drops their nap altogether, now you are going to need to go back to quite an early bedtime as your child adjusts to not napping, but that's a little later when your child drops their nap altogether. Next question is about another two and a half year old. Hello, if my two and a half year old is really fighting her afternoon nap, taking 20 plus minutes to fall asleep, would you push the nap time back to 1230 or keep it at noon? totally okay to push the nap to 12.30 at this point. It's very common that at two and a half years of age, going down for your nap at noon isn't quite enough sleep pressure. Noon is a great time for a nap when we're first going to one nap a day around 16, 18 months. It's still usually great around two years of age, but usually by two and a half years of age, we need a little more sleep pressure and 12.30 is quite an appropriate nap time. We can still cap the nap by around 2 p.m. and then have enough sleep pressure for bedtime. When your child is closer to age three, you might even see them need to have their nap at more like one o'clock in the afternoon in order to have enough sleep pressure to go down relatively easily. I would never do a nap later than 1 p.m. Personally, I find it makes the day way too unbalanced. If we're starting to go down for naps closer to 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're probably going to start to see a struggle with bedtime because the nap happened too close to bedtime. So when we're first dropping to one nap, noon, great nap time. Two and a half years old, yes, we may need to do more like 12.30 for your child to be tired enough to go to sleep for their nap. Three years old, we might even do 1 p.m., but if your child is over the age of three and not tired enough to go to sleep even at 1 p.m., I wouldn't continue to push the nap later. That's probably when we're starting to see the point where your child is ready to drop their nap altogether and just have an earlier bedtime. Next question is about a much younger child, an infant. It says, quick question, my four and a half month old often wakes up from her fourth nap at 4.30 p.m. Should I do an early bedtime at 6.30 or should I try for a fifth nap and a late bedtime? I wouldn't suggest that 6.30 is that early of a bedtime. I don't mind a 6.30 bedtime at all. So let's break this down. This child's four and a half months old. At four and a half months, I would usually make the last wake window of the day about two hours. So if this child wakes up from her fourth nap at 4.30 p.m., her next sleep is due at 6.30 p.m. That is really late for a nap for a four and a half month old. Because if we consider that we can handle two hours of awake time, okay, let's consider we do a nap at 6.30 and this child sleeps for an hour until 7.30. Now this child won't be ready to go to sleep for bedtime until 9.30 p.m. That's a really late bedtime for a four and a half month old. Eight, nine, 9.30 is generally okay for a newborn for their bedtime, but once we get out of the newborn stage, really, especially by the time we're about four and a half plus months, 
Children generally do better with an earlier bedtime, somewhere between 6 and 8 p.m., rather than a really late bedtime. Generally, children at that point will go to sleep more easily if their bedtime is earlier, rather than having that really late 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock bedtime that they may have had when they were a newborn. So for a four and a half month old, I would not be doing a nap at 6.30 and then bedtime at 9, 9.30. I would make, be making bedtime 6.30 if that child had woken up from a nap at 4.30. 6.30 is not an early bedtime. It's totally okay. I would put a child this age to bed as early as 6 p.m. Yes, that sounds early, but the alternative is another nap and a really late bedtime. And most children this age are not going to respond as well to a really late bedtime as they are to an earlier bedtime. So I would do bedtime as early as six, maybe as late as eight, but I would try to keep it in that range. And I would really focus on an age appropriate amount of awake time from the last nap to bedtime. Don't try to think about a static time on the clock. If your child is this age and their nap ends at 4.30, bedtime is 6.30 today. If their nap ends at 4.45, bedtime is 6.45. If their nap ends at 5.15, bedtime is 7.15. If they're still napping at 6 p.m., wake them up so their bedtime is not later than 8 p.m. So that's how we figure out the end of the day and the bedtime versus another nap for a four and a half month old. And the final question for today is about a newborn. It's not about scheduling per se. It's about how we manage sleep in this newborn stage. Hi, Erin. I used your sleep guides for my first, and now I've welcomed a second, almost six weeks old, and I'm bouncing her to sleep for naps and bedtime. I was looking through your posts for advice on this stage and was really just wondering, is it worth trying to practice putting down awake for bed and nap time at this stage? Or is it unlikely to catch on this early? I've read conflicting things online and I just wasn't sure if I'd be wasting my time and better off waiting until my baby is older. This is a great question and another, you got to do what works for you and your family. But really this mom is saying, I have a six week old. I've already really gotten in the habit of bouncing to sleep for naps and bedtime. That's what's working for us right now. Is it worth going through the effort? And it's a lot of effort to practice putting my child down awake at this point. I would say it's probably best to just keep on bouncing for now, mama. If you are in the really early stages with your newborn, like the first days and weeks, it can be really helpful and it can be possible to start putting your baby down with their eyes open, to work on a schedule of wake, eat, play, sleep, so we're not always feeding your baby to sleep, to bounce a little to get your baby lulled and calmed, but then put them in the crib awake so they start to get used to that idea but it's not always possible. Sometimes you have a really fussy newborn, a newborn that just will not be put down awake without being very, very upset. And that can be very, very hard, especially in those newborn stages. And we just end up bouncing all the way to sleep. We just end up feeding all the way to sleep. We just do the things that get our baby rest more easily because we're going through a lot as parents in that newborn stage. Maybe it's your first baby and this is really overwhelming because it's so many firsts. Maybe it's your second baby like this mom and it's equally as overwhelming because while you've been through the newborn stage with another child, you've never been through the newborn stage when you have another child to take care of and now you do and that's overwhelming. So I guess what I'm saying is try to take the pressure off yourself. Is it possible to start some habits, some independent sleep habits in the early days and weeks? It is. 
If you're already six plus weeks in and that sounds really overwhelming to you because you've already established some pretty firm habits in terms of bouncing to sleep or feeding to sleep or rocking to sleep, is it probably going to be helpful to you to just get through the rest of this newborn stage the way you are right now? And then if you still feel like you want or need to make some changes to your baby's sleep, do it when they're out of the newborn stage and more formal sleep coaching is more age appropriate and generally more successful. You have more specific goals in mind. That is probably going to be the best answer. Doesn't mean you can't try. It doesn't mean you can't work on it. We do have a newborn guide for families. It's generally used by families in the first six weeks. But if you are around six weeks or beyond and you're still feeling like you really need some advice in terms of how to manage things when putting your baby down awake, how to manage daytime schedule, feeding and sleeping schedules, it can be really helpful. But for some parents, it can also just be really helpful to get through that newborn stage in the way that is best for you and your baby that's getting you the most healthy, restful sleep, even if that means bouncing on a yoga ball until your baby falls asleep in your arms and then you transfer them to that crib the way this mom is doing. It can be helpful to just allow yourself to get through the newborn stage that way and then see how things materialize after the newborn stage and what sleep looks like after that newborn stage because it might look really different at that point and make changes then if you feel they're necessary and helpful at that point. That's the top five questions of the week. I hope that was helpful. Lots and lots of scheduling stuff, nap capping, bedtime timing, lots of questions about scheduling. That's really normal. We get lots of questions about that because as I said at the beginning of this episode, there's two main things going on with sleep, sleep crutches, independent sleep challenges, and scheduling challenges. Those are the two big ones that we see at the Happy Sleep Company when families come to us for help. So hopefully today was helpful. We do have a bunch of sleep guides on our website at thehappysleepcompany.com. We have a newborn guide, as I was mentioning, but we also have a four to 10 month sleep guide and an 11 to 18 month sleep guide. And those two guides are really focused on scheduling. If you have a ton of questions about scheduling, when to wake your baby for the day at various ages, how long naps should be at various ages, what the bedtime range is for various ages. It can really be helpful to have those nuances to get you through your day and answer those questions step-by-step at the ages and stages where you need them. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company, and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.